What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Textual Talk Podcast, where I'm your host, HD. This is episode, I believe, 53 or 54. I can't remember. It'll be right in the title. But um, appreciate y'all for tuning in with me today. Today's episode is going to be about, with the state of how everything's going on in the coming right now, especially like all these layoffs happening, I figured this episode would be a good episode to revisit about how I felt when I got laid off, the time it took for me to get a new job, also finishing grad school while being laid off, and the new job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I appreciate that. So uh, this is the Textual Talk Podcast, where I'm your host, HD. I am a 10-year cybersecurity professional with the last six years of my professional career being in cybersecurity, uh, the other four being in regular like IT jobs like service desk and and the not. I'm also a career coach and all my services are currently 40% off right now. I'll have a link in my description, but in order to get that 40% off, all you have to do is use the code get hired at checkout. Uh, this sale will not last long. It's going to end at the end of the week. On the last episode, you guys heard me really talking about kind of like my experience with undergrad and grad school and which one I prefer. So now let's kind of move past that. Now, in a couple of episodes before, I was telling you about how I went from the knock in the sock and how I was working at McAfee at the time. I did that job for almost a year and I'll briefly talk about a little bit about like some McAfee stuff The uh, the real reason why that sock was created is because they were splitting from Intel and Intel used to handle all the security things and they pretty much wanted to make their own internal socks. So they started hiring us for that. The biggest issue they made was they didn't hire people who had ran socks before. And so we didn't really have a lot of direction. The biggest thing I learned from that, role is pretty much what not to do. And I, I've talked on this in like, you know, plenty of interviews, kind of like my experience. I feel like that role gave me three years of experience and it was able to help me whenever I landed my next role. Uh, but <laughs> real brief story was uh, when I was doing this job, this is when we got hit by WannaCry. If anybody's familiar with WannaCry, WannaCry was probably like up until probably this past year when you had uh, Log4j, I would say that WannaCry might have been like, you know, the worst thing ever to hit the industry. I remember, I think either I was off or what? I think I was off the weekend to hit. And so a couple of my coworkers were on shift and they had been up forever. And then when it was time for me to come on shift, I saw we were still dealing with WannaCry. And man, listen, I saw so many IP addresses to, I was just like, I don't want to see another number. Uh, when I got off, I closed my laptop and I did not open it up until after my four days when I had to go back to work because that's how sick I was of seeing IPs. That that thing ran through that their environment crazy. And I want to say one of the biggest fixes that they had to, well, any organization had to do was uh, disabling port 445 uh, for SMB. I believe I could be wrong. I might try to put what you need to do like right here so people can see it. But that probably was like the main thing I dealt with at that job was, was WannaCry because our tools weren't really tuned. There wasn't directions. They didn't have a lot of meetings with these other different uh, lines of business within the company on what type of logs they want to ingest. 
into our sim for us to monitor things. So it really was just connected and showing us a lot of junk. But I don't know. I didn't know now. I didn't know back then what I know now. <laughs> that's that's a little better. So um, so like I said, I started that job in March of 2017. It was a period. Uh, and oh, also, y'all. So check this out. Uh, I met a lot of cool people doing that job. Uh, I met my guy, uh, Pat Burrow. Shout out to Pat. We started around the same time. And then I met, you know, the infamous Taeyong Tech uh, working at McAfee. He had interned at McAfee. And like we've been knowing each other with now, so five years. So just want to throw that out there. Like I, I do know some some people out here, especially in Dallas. But anyways, uh, so I did that in March 2017. And then it comes... It might be um, October or something like that because uh, we started, we had to work in another part of the building because they were redoing our sock. And I'm not going to lie, they really did like make a fire sock. However, uh, it was a couple hiring things that they did that didn't make sense. Um, funny story, <laughs> funny, funny, funny story before I get into how I knew to kind of just keep my head on the swivel. The original manager who I initially worked for uh, ended up getting let go. And um, it was funny because they told us that <laughs> he went over to India and his account got compromised. Like, it was the dumbest thing ever. I wish I still had my phone so I could like show that proof to show you online. But we get to work on Monday and it was like, yeah, no, he's he's been like terminated and all this other stuff. But I, I just thought that was so funny because uh, one of my coworkers had hit me up. He was worried about, you know, everybody's worried about our jobs, too, because if something happened to him, we kind of like, hmm, man, some not adding up. But we kept our jobs. They brought in another guy who pretty much was over sales, came from a sales background. and. He wrote some stuff like probably for professional services, but when it came to running a sock, he never ran a sock. He was a cool dude, but he never ran a sock. That's why we still didn't have a direction. It was like a dog chasing his tail. That's that's pretty much what we was like. And so we go past that. They bring in this guy from the bureau. That's what I'm just going to say. He came from the bureau to be the director of the sock. And that person didn't know what they were doing because they had never dealt with a sock before. So if you get a trend here, it's just a domino effect of bringing in people that didn't know what they was doing. Therefore, kind of made these things, you know, insufferable sometimes because not knowing what to do. Um, you know, they have different meetings of things going on and random meetings. I've always been a vocal person because at the end of the day, I want to know what I'm doing. I've never been a person just being comfortable, just going to work, not doing nothing and getting paid. That's just that's not my M.O. So we had meetings with other team members and uh, they weren't quite as vocal as me because they're a little older. You know how it is, ageism. And I asked him straight up at the meeting, hey, man, do you know what to do? He was like, nah, not really, man. And I was like, you know, that's a problem. Like I said, about October-ish, somebody came in there and they were telling us, oh, learn Python to go home. Like, did I have Google Keep or something at the time? Let me see something. One sec. I found it. Let me see if I can show when this is from. Let's see, November eighth. Um, man, I ain't got no. Let's see, collaborators. 
But look, no lie, man. I, I just pride myself on being transparent. Let me see if I can show you what they say. Y'all probably can't see that. I'm going to read it for you. It says, November 7th, sold the program or kick rocks. Now, and I'm this is let me clip this. And this is a problem that I've been seeing with a lot of security jobs even now. Programming is not gonna be the end all be all of your security, especially your your SecOps team. At this particular time, they had bigger fish to fry than worrying about people using Python. Like if you got analysts that don't know how to triage correctly, don't know how to use your sim correctly, don't know how to use your different platforms and tools. Don't know what to look for. That's a bigger issue. Me learning Python isn't going to help me with any of that. And then also, fast forward to 2022, you got all these companies wanting people to know um, Python so they can help with scripting and SOAR and all this other stuff, but you don't end up using it that much. So a lot of these companies are looking for software engineers disguised as security analysts and that's why they're missing out on a lot of these different roles like most of the roles for like uh detections now or even security engineers it's like uh them looking for these people that know how to do all this stuff when truth be told you don't if you understand the concepts of what you're doing you can learn the other part because you're not going to use it all the time maybe in the future when it gets more and more scripting and engineering based because uh, a lot of these tools are replacing analyst work because they are getting smarter with machine learning and AI. But needless to say, I showed you what that said. So I knew the writing was kind of like already on the wall, probably eventually, but I didn't know when. Uh, so we got in the new sock around late December. I think we'll say it was like December, January. So now, I remember this as clear as day. Uh, I get to work. Matter of fact, I get to work a little late. And I see one of my coworkers, he's walking out with a box. And if you see anybody at work walking out with a box in their hand, that ain't good. That's, you know, just like you, you walk up <laughs> to your crib or you walk to your crib and you see somebody walking out with a, a box, but they have a look on their face. And I remember this vividly. Uh, text was like, good luck. That's what he said. And so I sit down, my, my part is kind of already pumping a little bit. Cause it's just weird to me because up until this time I'm thinking, so I, I made, I made something out of nothing there. There was no guidance, but you know, with my, my guy run there pretty much guided me on like what I needed to do as far as, Hey, learn this, ask these questions, work on these. So I worked on tuning. I had like an Excel sheet with like all these old CVEs that were just firing in there and like, other crap I was firing. I was like, man, this stuff firing too much. Why are we, why are we are even seeing this? Like this stuff don't even affect our systems. So I'm thinking I'm doing good business and lo and behold, you know, they, they come in there and they find me, uh, the director and the HR person. They, we go in this room and we talk and I'm looking at it and it's a, you know, service package. Now, what I didn't know then is I could have probably negotiated some more for that. That package was, um, I think they offered me like a, a month and a half salary. And I think most of my either annual or quarterly bonus like paid out 100%. Knowing what I know now, I would like I would have told them I need three to six months at least. 
because it ain't easy, you know, finding a new job, right? So I get that. And I didn't, you th- you would think I'd be mad. I kind of was like indifferent towards it. And uh, I called my boy Chris. And I think, uh, I think also, I can't remember if I was talking or texting my friend Chelsea that day I went to work. I can't remember. And I think I had told her too. But I hit up Chris and like, yeah, shoot, I just got laid off. And and um, and I want to say around, I think Chris ended up getting laid off, like or let go from his contract around the same time. I can't remember. However, I think that particular day we went to Papa Do's and sat at the bar and had some drinks and ate some food or whatever. Because you need, you know, people like that. You know, when you're going through a situation, like, hey, let's just, you know. You know how you know Diddy on the beginning of that day, you don't got a car video. He's like, Hey, Playboy, I've been there before. We going out tonight. One, <laughs> you need that. <laughs> but uh anyway, so let let's really talk about it. let me clip this. This is the important part. This is the layoff. So I at first in the beginning, I wasn't too worried about the layoff because I said, Okay, cool, I'm getting the severance, I'm getting the bonus, and I was gonna get a refund because I was in grad school, so I was like I should be good. I should be good to go. So I still was going about life as like I didn't get fired. Uh, Paying bills, still kind of doing Sunday fun day. You know, typical thing to do when you are uh, at this time. What was I? Did I just make 25? Yeah, I won 26 yet. So I was 25. So um, but as time started progressing, that's when I realized, like, um, yeah, some, you know, some got to give. Like, I have a video, and I'm probably trying to link it right here, where it says 100 jobs told me no. And in that video, I didn't really go in depth on some of the things. I kind of have made, like, three videos kind of talking about this. And so this is giving my podcast listeners just a little bit of insight about uh, me being laid off. So at first it went good. Um, McAfee set us up with this uh career type of uh, work center where they do your resume and they give you tips on like interviews and how to land jobs. But here's the problem with that is that these people are generalists and they aren't people that specify what you need. So had I had a person like myself now dealing with a a friend, like let's say I got um, contracted out by a company to help somebody and get another cybersecurity job my advice to them is not generic. My advice is that, hey, okay, where are you trying to land? Do you have those skills? You need to work on those skills. That's the biggest thing. Like, I never got that from them. I mean, it was more interview stuff, but that doesn't help that much, like, when it comes to just knowing things. So I went on, like, pretty different interviews. I've had, like, no lie. Let, Let me tell you, like, let me tell you why people are frustrated and why my clients, you know, really get feel me. So my job search frustration at the time was I was going through a lot of stuff. I'm talking about on paper, had the skills, had the education, you name it, in school, get my master's. And I've had companies at the time tell me, hey, you were the most qualified, but we're going to pass. And I'm like, what type of sense does that make? You're the most qualified, but you're going to pass? Made absolutely no sense to me. Um, 
so this is some of the things that maybe, you know, people dealing with, or you bring me to the end of the interview all the rounds. And then you say, Oh, we want somebody more experienced. You knew what type of experience I had when you interviewed me. Why you just want to say, Hey, we going to pass. Don't give me that, uh, experience BS because truth be told, you're going to train me on what to do anyway. Uh, what was it? And I'm not going to lie. Like this is me kind of doing my, um, honest truth. And actually, I just released the article that I did about diversity and cybersecurity. During these times, and one of the reasons why now, and as I fast forward, as I'm rethinking this, I'm talking it all the way through to you guys. When I was interviewing with people, I rarely saw people that looked like me. And that was troubling to me. And um, this isn't me playing the race card, right? I don't want nobody to think that. But you probably could never empathize with how I feel or others feel if you've never been in this predicament of not seeing people that look like you at the table. And sometimes it makes it feel like I, I'm probably not going to get the job anyway. And I want y'all to realize that, you no, know, this was um, what, four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. So going through that a lot, it was, it was, um, it was troubling. Uh, I, I didn't really feel like I, had any solids. I'm talking about it at this time. Like, and this is ain't no pandemic stuff, y'all. So I'm doing interviews. I'm waking up. I'm putting my suit on. I'm, I'm getting a cut. Mind you, I ain't got no job at this time. So the money is limited. It's only a finite amount right now. <laughs> and oh, here's a tip too. Uh, if you need it and you didn't plan, like nobody plans to be laid off, right? Everybody always wants to say, oh, all this emergency savings and stuff like that. Well, like most black people, and this will be a video of his own one day about being like the first black person in your family to make it a lot of times you never got a chance to really set yourself up for success when it comes to saving money and planning the right way, because you've been helping everybody else out because you, you, the person with the money, you made it. So I, I didn't have that. I didn't plan for that. And I didn't know that at the same time, I probably could have been getting unemployment. Granted, the sucky thing about unemployment is if you got a high paying job, it's going to tap out at somewhere. So you're not even, it's not even enough to meet your needs. So I definitely understood what the people in the pandemic were going through. Like some people took a massive haircut and even that little extra money they added was enough to help them and their family. So like I said, I, I got my suits on. I, I probably got snaps and pictures from like me. Like I was rotating ties, um, you know, in the maximum thinking, not feeling good about myself, thinking I'm doing good and all these different jobs, man. And like this one, this one interviewing process, like really turned my heart cold when it comes to interviewing or really ever like caring about like how this stuff go. And it, and it made me really not do th- follow-up emails. Uh, truthfully, truth be told, I felt like every job I sent a follow-up email for, I didn't get it. I was in this interview process for a sock lead at um, Texas Instruments. Now granted, Texas Instruments isn't the person that, well, the company that's hiring me. They outsourced to a company called Talent One on One to hire for their security stuff. Now these people, everything sounds good. They bring me in. We have a couple of good talks, and now they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, we just need you to come in and meet the, you know, meet the team, see if you're a good fit, or whatever." So I don't even think that ever that time ever came. So mind you, I had one interview where they pretty much said they was going to hire me, and then. I never got a chance to meet the team and I'm sending follow-up at the follow-up because now, so timetable is, um, I got let go in January, but I got paid once more and they wrote it as if I got fired, like, uh, well laid off in February. So 
It was already late March at the time. It was going into my birthday. So I had my turn of 26, went out with some friends and thinking, oh, you know, cool. Shoot, April, I should be back working. That didn't happen. Uh, they pretty much ghost me. Uh, you know, I, I have video. I did that video too about how they ghost me and how that made me feel. And I was like really mad because things was things was going bad at that time now. Like, because now this is a time where I think the, in April was kind of like where I really start seeing like, dang, like money is really getting funny. And, and that's, and I think that's when, you know, to be true, be told, uh, depression probably kicked in. Right. And I didn't know that I was dealing with like a slight bit of depression until after this whole situation, um, transpired. So even the strong, you know, need somebody to look at them, you know, when they going through and, what I did to try to main, you know, remain sane because once after that BS happened, my day went like this. Wake up at eight in the morning, apply to these jobs early in the morning, use LinkedIn to reach out to recruiters and try to get um interviews and hopeful hope like somebody called me, right? So that's what my day was. And if I was successful, once it hit like uh in the business day, I was like, Okay, cool. It's time to go to sleep so I can wake up for the next day hoping something good happened. All between this, the way I tried to remain sane was uh, after I would apply and do everything, uh, I had a membership at Fitness Connection because at the time I was staying like in Dallas slash Carrollton. I go work out. And I would tell you as if you're laid off right now, I don't know what your situation is, but if you have uh, a gym membership, if you don't, in the morning, do something productive, whether you go walk a mile, go run a mile, whatever you go do, go work out. It's going to help you feel better because you accomplish something, something like that. Also, make up your bed, clean up your crib, like do small things that make sure let your brain know how you're being productive and you're accomplishing things and it can help you out a little bit. But I still was like just waiting for the next day. Like I did that for a while. And, you know. It, it got bad. I think, you know, going into May, it's like, come on, bro. Like something got to give, right? But I made it through that. And going into May is when, you know, everything started clicking for me. And I'll mark this too. It's like you going through the storm, but whatever's for you and how it's supposed to work for you, it's going to eventually work for you when, when you get there. And then it's just going to like, you know, start raining. <laughs> Everything is like, you know, overflow. And so I can't remember when it was in February. Let me see. Like I'm a king of receipts, man. I like to, I'm an open book, right? Let me, let me see if I can find this in my old email. Um, I interview or I applied some role at Atos and, um, Ironically, they were using the sim that I used at McAfee. And so they liked me. Let me see if I can find this. This was May 21st, right? I can't remember if uh, I, I got the, I think the first or second offer. It might have been. I'm trying to see if Atos or Optif was first. Let me see something. Okay. So it's all around the same time. Atos was first on, I think, the 21st. And then Optif came. That's, I talked to Optive around the same time and the offer Optive came back with their offer after that. And um talked to Eric at the time, who's a director of Optive, and um he was like, Hey, what you was getting paid at McAfee? 
told him, he said, all right, how about 10 grand more base and, you know, uh, 10% bonus. I was like, bet, done deal. And um, I'm looking at, let me see, look at this, no no cap. What'd that say? Y'all see it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. So it took a while. It took me about, what, four or five months, I think, to really land back on my feet. I started that job in June of 2018. Yeah, June 1st, 2018. That's when I started that role. And um, I think this journey, if I when I reflect on it, it was useful. It provided a lot of value for me because I appreciated after that everything I got. I knew, hey, no. Tomorrow's not promised. Your job's not promised. And it made me a cold-blooded killer when it came to companies. It made me, you know, disassociate myself with that attachment. Like, you know, I would do would be the best employee, uh, you know, you can ask for when I'm there. But at the same time, it said, hey, I always look out for you. Like I said in a couple of other uh, episodes, like I got from Jermaine Jupiter, it's like, you know, you playing for the team, but you loyal to the last name on the back of the jersey. That that That's a live enactment of me showing that. Like, going through a layoff to show you that. Like, I don't care, like, company what? Like, you a requisition number to them. You an HR number most of the time. If you die, within two weeks, your job will be posted and somebody else will be in your spot. I always remember that. I always look out for you and your family first. So I don't care if you've been there six months. If it's something that gives you similar um, work-life balance with more money, take it. Don't leave money on the table. And it's a good org, take it. So I did that job. And um, I'm going to talk a, a briefly about kind of like the first little stint at Optif. And then I'll, you know, get into something else. But anyways... We all started in the same thing. Optif was building out a uh, big team for one a big client they just signed. Now, I wish so bad I could tell y'all that. Matter of fact, if you're watching this on the Patreon, I'll probably tell you who that is. So Patreon members can know who this is. If you want to know, join the Patreon. The link is in the description. Before like we could officially start for them, like uh, the client's team, and I will say like their team's called like the fire team. Um, they put us through these series of challenges. So we really had to come up with playbooks for like 10 scenarios and what we would do in them. So this was pretty cool. Like it was like a group assignment where it was like, this was real life, but I know how to do something like this now too. That's why experience is the best teacher. If you get somebody to ask you that, you need to say, okay, is this based on hypotheticals or what's in your environment? And then you say, what logs do we have access to? Because what we ended up doing was doing too much detailed stuff that wouldn't be necessary in their environment <laughs> and had us like just trying to make sure we was good or whatever. But we passed that with flying colors. But I think that event brought us together as a team because, you know, Legend has it that we the best team that they ever had. And most of us aren't even with the company anymore. Just about everybody from that team is either gone or they're on a different contract. And that takes time and bringing the right type of personalities together. And that's what a SOC uh, is too. Like as much as it's technical, you got to have the right people. And that's what I tell people all the time when we talk, hey, you're a person first. 
who you are as a person matters to that team, to that hiring manager. Nobody wants somebody who's being real smug and think they know everything when it comes to being on a team. But that was June. We started, <laughs> look, 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 look. I'm, I'm going to say like, uh, after this, that's when we had started like studying a little bit more. We went through some training. Um, at the same time, their current provider was still providing for them, but the provider didn't want to give us access to the tools because, you know, why would you? We're taking your jobs. They waited to like two days or three days before the cutover to give us access. Um, I remember like yesterday, July 1st, 2018, 12 a.m., the switch flipped on to us. I was working that night. And a couple other people. So I volunteered. I think I worked, I probably worked like 50 some, 50 or 60 hours that week because we just had to make sure we had smooth sailing because we still didn't, everybody still went hired. I think we had like two, I think like two more people to come on. And my manager wasn't even hired at the time yet. Um, but that was cool. Like I've been through those things and I can always lean on those experiences when I talk to companies when it comes to like sock jobs, right? You know, sometimes people want to get in there and they want to quiz you on all these different ports and what is this and that. That's that's fine. You should know those things. If not, you can you can look them up. But you cannot be a seasoned vet when it comes to what you need to do at that job. But honestly, like just to 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 talk on it is like you know to wrap everything up is like, and I kind of miss one part. I didn't talk about grad school. And I forgot about it. I kind of got like a little, we you know, involved in really the laid off part. But just circling back, what I what I loved about sock work and what I love about like cybersecurity jobs most of the time is they're super flexible. So what I did was once I started working again, I would did night shift. And most of my, uh, based on my shift, I think I had one day to where uh, I wasn't working and I went to uh class and then one of the other days I was but all I had to do was leave class and come to work being able to work at night afforded me the luxury to study or do certifications at night because it was slower so I work on my work so it really benefited me but I was only on nights pretty much um, that first, those first couple of months after that around the time I graduated in December of 2018 they was like, nah, we need you on days, big dog. And I never worked nights again. <laughs> now, I like nights because it's peaceful. Um, you ain't got no traffic going to work. It's just you and probably other people at night. It's cool. So, but all in all, even doing grad school while laid off was still beneficial uh, because I was just able to focus on the work. And Going to school those two days a week gave me something to look forward to. And um, I was also meeting people there that were in the field already working. And I was networking with them, getting referred to jobs, seeing if they could help me out too. So that goes to my last video. is like, hey, you need to be networking while you're in school. But all in all, man, I, I like I said on one of the videos, I probably wouldn't do nothing you know, over. I think the way I had to get it out the mud and go is what you're getting now. I wouldn't have these stories to tell you about. I didn't, I didn't seen it all. <laughs> no, no Jeezy or Jay-Z, man. I, I didn't seen it all, but man, it's dope, man. I, I just appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Um, 
I got some big things and plan for this podcast. I also got some big things planned for like my set and my, my backup set. Like, so you guys can really uh, rock with what's going on, like with all this background and stuff like that, man. So um, really appreciate y'all, man, for real, for real. But like I said earlier on the video, if you need help with your resume or anything else related to your cybersecurity career, reach out to me, textualconsultant.com forward slash offerings. Use code get hired for 40% off on your services purchase. And also, if you don't want to help, just check out my ebook, The Textual Post to Breaking into Cybersecurity. It's still currently $15 off right now using code textual chatter. But until next time, guys, like I always say, let's stay textual. It's your boy HD. 